You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, welcome to Locked On Angels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one daily stop for Angels information you can only find here at Locked On Angels. You're locked in with Taylor Blake Ward for the next 15 minutes or so, and for today's podcast, we're going to talk about Shohei Otani and Griffin Canning, both played in last night's 5-2 win for the Angels. We're going to break down Shohei Otani's 2019 debut and talk about Griffin Cannon going through the order multiple times last night. Before we do that, though, we got to remind you to follow us on Twitter, at LockedOnAngels. You can follow me personally, at Taylor Blake Ward. And also, make sure to download today's podcast or any of the episodes on the Locked On Podcast Network through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or the new Himalaya Podcasting app, free and easy to download through your Apple App or Google Play Store. And now for our first segment, it's showtime! right Shohei Otani's 2019 debut last night in Detroit the box score is going to read that he went 0 for 4 with a walk and I think that's pretty indicative of how he actually performed we're going to break down each at bat for you or each plate appearance for you so a lot of excitement around this he was batting third behind Mike Trout so in the first inning comes up against Daniel Norris and Daniel Norris kind of made quick work of him gave him three straight fastballs one looking and one out of the zone and on a 1-1 fastball up high in the zone, kind of at the letters, likely a little bit out of zone, Otani took a really healthy hack. And we saw a lot of this yesterday with Otani is he took some really big swings and actually at one point came out of his shoes and his helmet flew off. But looking at him, you could just tell his timing is there. And that was a problem for him last spring when he went through all those offensive struggles and everyone was saying, oh, you, you shouldn't have him on the major league club. And he did what he did. So these are just growing pains. And we saw a lot of that first time at the plate, though, slider right in the bottom of the zone right at the knees got Otani buckled strikeout looking and that's how his day would start second at bat comes up slider up in the zone and again took a really healthy hack and there was a lot of pitches up against Otani yesterday including breaking balls up that Otani took some really healthy swings on and like we said the timing's just not there he did get an RBI ground out to short. So you got a productive at bat from Otani, even though it was a ground out. Comes up a third time against Norris. Everything loaned away, and two pitches in the zone he fouled off, which was kind of the only thing that he had. Last night, all the strikes that he saw that he swung at, he was fouling them off. Norris did get him to swing over top of a slider down. He struck out. So against Daniel Norris, he went 0-3 with the RBI ground out and two strikeouts. So... A little bit of production and some pretty serious growing pains as Otani really did struggle against Daniel Norris. Now what I thought Otani's best at bat though was, was his fourth at bat. Came up in the seventh with Mike Trout on second against Eduardo Jimenez who was making his major league debut. So congratulations Eduardo. But Otani goes down 0-2 to Jimenez early. Then he laid off a slider on the outer part of the plate. This is where I really liked it is he was late on a fastball. He hit it on the outer third down the third baseline. But that's something that Otani's done really well over time is when he's late, he still has all that strength that allows him to muscle balls into the power alleys and also down the line. And that's what he did with this. 
Problem was, Heimer Candelario made a really great play, and the ball should have been by him and should have been a double by any means, but Candelario made a really nice snag at third, and I think you have to give him a lot of credit for taking that hit away from Otani. But like we said, this is something that I noticed and really enjoyed is that seeing Otani make contact on this, even though he's late, the strength is still there in the swing. And he's still finding a way to plane that ball out. And if he can continue to do that, show his strength, especially with that front arm kind of struggling a little bit, he's still got the lower half, so much torque in that lower half, but he's still really well built in his upper half as well. So if he can muscle balls the other way, I think it's a really great sign. And this was a good sign for me. It was his final registered at bat. He would go 0 for 4 on the day with two strikeouts, but he did get a fifth plate appearance. That was in the ninth inning where he just missed on another breaking ball up in the zone, right in his sweet spot. And it was a little frustrating, but the timing's just really not there for him yet. And I'm not saying that he was brought up too early or anything like this, but I think Victor Rojas and Mark Gubiza made a really great point last night is Otani was not sent on a rehab assignment. He didn't play a game up until this point. Yes, he did face live pitching. Yes, he went through a spring training regimen in a sense, but he never got in-game experience. And when you don't have that, even though you're facing pitchers that are doing really, you know, trying to get you out in, in a controlled environment and everything, you you need that competitive nature. And unless you're taking that competitive nature into the box for facing, you know, live pitchers, you're not really going to get that in game. So I think that, you know, Otani did look okay. Uh, the approach needs a little bit of work. Two strikeouts did come against lefties, though. And I still think there's a lot of growing for Otani. I was actually a low man on his hitting. And that was before he came overseas. When he was an international prospect, I said, oh, this guy's a fantastic pitcher. He's a top-ranked pitcher, maybe the best prospect in baseball. But I don't think he's going to hit. And obviously, he proved me very wrong last year. Very, very wrong. And I'll accept that. He hit better than the majority of the league did. Obviously, he won Rookie of the Year primarily because of what he did as a hitter instead of what he did as a pitcher. So I got to give him credit for that. But like Victor and Gooby said, you need that in-game experience and not the controlled environment necessarily to find your timing, find your game within the game. And like Victor and Gooby both said, they understand exactly why the Angels did this. And I do too. I understand why he wasn't sent on rehab assignment. But I also think it would have been very good for him to have that in-game experience. I've digressed a ton here. We're still talking about the fifth plate appearance for Otani. So he did miss the breaking ball up in the zone, right in the sweet spot, fouled it off. Then he just had junk pitches coming his way for three straight from Jose Manuel Fernandez, and he got a walk. So if you're keeping it home, he went 0 for 4 with a walk on the day, two strikeouts. That was Shohei Otani's 2019 debut. Don't let one game dictate your opinion of this guy. He won Rookie of the Year last year for a reason, and he is a very important piece to the Angels lineup. So just because he went 0 for 4 in his debut, don't fret. He's not going to go 0 for 100 and whatever. He's not going to be struggling to do what Chris Davis did and go 0 for 60 or whatever it was. Shohei Otani is going to be just fine. We got to head to break, but before we do that, let's talk about ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Their powerful matching technology allows you to skip through hundreds or thousands of resumes because they'll do it for you and find the right candidate and invite them to apply to your job. ZipRecruiter is so effective, 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter find a quality candidate within the first 24 hours. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just head over to ZipRecruiter.com backslash locked on. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com backslash locked on. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We'll be right back with more Locked On Angels right after this. 
Welcome back to Locked On Angels. You're locked in with Taylor Blake Ward for about seven more minutes. We're going to talk about Griffin Canning here in the second segment. But before we do that, I want to talk about Angels starters through the organization last night. Now, from Griffin Canning in Detroit with the Angels all the way down to Kyle Tyler with Loe Burlington, every starter in the Angels organization yesterday had a stellar outing. We'll touch on Canning in a second, but starting from the bottom up, Kyle Tyler with Loe Burlington went five innings with one unearned run. Oliver Ortega with High Inland Empire went five scoreless with nine strikeouts. Jason Alexander with Double A Mobile went eight scoreless. Just one hit allowed, retired 24 of 29 with nine strikeouts. And Dylan Peters with Triple A Salt Lake went five scoreless with eight strikeouts. It's in a tough ballpark in Las Vegas. Combined, including Canning, who we'll touch on, Angels starters across the organization last night, 28 and one-third inning, 10 hits allowed, 10 walks, three runs, two earned runs, and 36 strikeouts. What a fine night for Angels pitching across the board. As for the Angels starter, though, Griffin Canning made the second start of his major league career, and it looked like he's been in the league for years with how he went out and performed. Box score for Canning will read five and one-third innings with two runs allowed on four hits and a walk with seven strikeouts, but the box score is not telling the full story on how well he actually did. In the first inning, he did allow a hit to Miguel Cabrera, and I think you could really argue that the official scorer was generous to Cabrera in calling this a hit. It was an errant throw from Andrelton Simmons that, if it was thrown right, it would have gotten Cabrera out. So, really a generous hit call from the scorer. It really didn't matter in the long run of things, but for some time, with the way Canning was pitching, it did matter, because he hadn't allowed a hit through five innings. So, technically, without this, he would have had a no-hitter going through five innings. Canning retired 15 of the first 17, and the first time through the order against Detroit, Canning only threw 35 pitches. Only one of those wasn't a fastball or slider, a curveball. Canning really making two pitches work well for him. In respect to Canning, he got a lot of calls on the lower part of the plate on the outside corner that were under the strike zone or just out of the strike zone, which I think you can credit Jonathan Lucroy a bit here as well with how well he was presenting pitches of strikes. The zone really worked to Canning's advantage, and you have to give Canning the credit for going back to those spots regularly. Great game plan from Canning and Lucroy through the night along with Doug White helping them out. In the sixth inning, though, things started to unravel a little. Canning had worked his way up to 72 pitches, very efficient, but knowing he might not be able to get to over 90 pitches just yet in his career, this was likely his final inning regardless. Started off by surrendering a leadoff double to Jacoby Jones, and two batters later, Nick Castellanos tripled. It was helped a little by Cole Calhoun, who tried to make a tough play out in right field and actually tripped just before he got to the ball, so Castellanos would have definitely had a hit, and Jones would have scored with ease because Cole wasn't making this play, but it did impact the line score a little, when Miguel Cabrera singled for real this time. And that was the end for Canning. So, you know, if Cole Calhoun can find a way to keep that ball in front of him a little bit or get to it on a hop and keep Castellanos to a single or try and throw him out at second, maybe that second run doesn't come in. But regardless, a really nice night for Canning, despite the two runs. It was a really nice outing against the Tigers. And you can say the Tigers' offense is so poor, it should be expected. But you got to tip your hat to this kid. Comes out, he was just at UCLA two years ago to the date. So two years from college, he's making a second Major League debut, comes out and dominates. It's great to see an in-house arm come up for the Angels and exceed at such an early stage of his Major League career. And like we said, we I love the stuff. It's real stuff. The slider is 83 to 90 miles per hour. He was throwing 90-mile-per-hour sliders yesterday that were breaking right outside the zone. Really a nice pitch. Fastball sitting 93-94 all the way through the night in the cold air of Detroit. It was really cold last night. So you got to really think that this is the real deal. Griffin Canning 
is going to be mid-rotation arm for the Angels for a few years to come. And I really think he's going to be able to help the Angels stay in games this year, especially if you can get him longer. Like we said, he can only go about 90 pitches right now, but you're going to stretch him out, get him up to 100 pitches. When he was in college, he was throwing over 130. Now that's with six days rest in between. Canning can go over 100 pitches. They're just trying to protect this young arm, and you have to give it to the Angels for doing what they have to do. But like I said, I think Canning is a very important piece to the Angels for this season and, of course, for the next six seasons as well. That's all we have for today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. We've had some great interaction on Twitter the last few days with people letting me know they're at the ballpark or that they've enjoyed the podcast. Jason Allen got a close look at the Salt Lake Bees in Las Vegas last night. Brian Taylor will be at tonight's game in Detroit. Randy Smith is going to go see the Burlington Bees tomorrow. If you're headed to the ballpark, let us know. It's always nice to hear about fans going to the game, especially the minor league games. To do this, follow us on Twitter, at Angels. You can follow me personally, at Taylor Blake Ward. Also, make sure to download today's podcast or any of the episodes on the Lockdown Podcast Network through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or the new Himalaya Podcasting app. Free and easy to download. I love it. I have it here on my phone. I'm actually going to pull it up right now, and I'm not going to do this because it might start playing, but you can do this through your smart device. Just say, hey, Alexa, play podcasts, and then say Lockdown Angels, and I'll be right there with you. Have a good time. You've been locked in with Taylor Blake Ward here at Lockdown Angels. Have a wonderful Wednesday, everyone.